All right. Let's go. Welcome in. It's the Plank Show. I'm on the road, kind of. It's like my home away from home. Actually, I guess my home away from home would be the ref studios. I feel like I spend, when I'm out and about, more time there than I do anywhere else in Norman proper. But we are on campus today at the University of Oklahoma. No official business. No official business. Uh, Like, in other words, there's not an event. Like, remember, uh, what was it, Josh, last Friday? We were at the Lloyd Noble Center, and it was official business. It was town business. We had the women's basketball game and the men's hoops game, which, by the way, thanks to everyone who showed out, I was out of town this weekend. I'll talk more about that in a bit. But it looked really cool on TV. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sure we got a fight that we could start and spend all day fighting with you on the text line and on the Riverwind Casino call in line. But no, no, no. It, it, it looked awesome. And OU won both games. So I feel vindicated in our Friday show. Today, today is just um, we got a couple of interviews we're doing after the show. So instead of having to do like a final segment mobile, Josh Helmer, I thought, even though I miss your face, I'll head over here. Uh, Jacob Potter said you're good. I didn't clear it, though, with my man Craig Moore, who it almost looked like whenever he walked in, I ruined part of his morning because he had to see me. He's like, uh, the only person more disgusted to see me than him is usually Joel. But we're on campus, uh, and in fact, it starts a couple of days of road trips for the show because we're going to be heading out of Fort Worth tomorrow. Uh, Either we're going to be back on campus Thursday or at Cavens on Thursday. We'll see. Uh, and then finally, maybe I get back in studio on Friday, Josh Helmer, to where we can catch up on a wild weekend and MLK Day uh, in, in celebrating the greatest one of the greatest men on our planet. Um, Josh, I'm back. Thank you for carrying the show yesterday. Good morning. Good morning. It's always great to to have you back. Obviously, Thanks, dude. you were missed, my friend. Uh, you know the the women's game that was the highest attendance they've had since. 2017, by the way. I'm not saying that having the Plank Show out there makes things happen, okay? I'm not saying put Chris Plank and Ginny Baranchek in the opening segment of the show and stuff happens, but I'm just saying. Also, I, I will say the 4 for $40 deal is pretty brilliant. <laughs> so I, we were pumped to be a very small part of it. So what I missed yesterday, because I, I do want to carry over the scheduling conversation. So... Uh, the youth pastor will get all of his announcements here out of the way. Then we'll get to the sermon, and it's going to be about the Big 12 schedule because Toby had me all fired up, and I misspoke when I said return. I, mean, I was talking about TCU, but I, I want to get more in-depth on what that schedule might look like and what we're waiting for, and it's it's got to be a little bit more difficult than it seems. But, Josh, what did I miss on Monday? Because I feel like we could also do a three-hour show today if we wanted to on extra points. <laughs> yeah. Missed that, extra points. That was, uh, that was something last night for, for Mr. Marr. Uh, worst we've ever seen. Worst we've ever seen. Unreal. The, Unreal. Uh, the transfer board portal additions continue to roll on for Oklahoma. Uh, Rouse as big as uh, a house. The offensive tackle flipping like from Nebraska to OU. OU got a, a sneaky portal addition yesterday. The Texas A&M Walk tight end, uh, Blake Smith. So, so there's uh, there's been some rumblings Wait, that you missed. Someone had said they see the Blake's the Smith kid as a preferred walk on. I mean, 
do, do we understand what that number looks like right now, Josh? I started to put pen to paper this morning a bit on it, and then Toby started talking schedule, and I got all frazzled and razzled about that. So according to what I'm looking at from 24-7 Sports, that's uh, transfer number 12 okay. for Oklahoma, and they've got him listed with everybody else. Um, but see, I wonder, I, I wonder – Listen, we can't do – if we start doing roster talk right now, we're never going to get to schedule talk. <laughs> but I'll just throw this real quick. I wonder how many of those – I mean, are we, we're assuming all 12 of those guys are scholarship players, right? I don't, I, I don't think that any of them would be like, hey, you want to leave Texas A&M to be a preferred walk-on at OU or you want to come leave a scholarship spot with Central Michigan to be a preferred walk-on. And, and, and again, I don't even know what that looks like, right? Does a preferred walk-on mean that in, 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 at the end of spring, it might end up being a situation where if somebody else leaves, you get a scholarship, right? I, so I, I don't know. I, I'm going to plead ignorance. Ignorant on a lot of that. Ignorant on a lot of that, Josh. But that would seem to kind of be getting close to capping it, right? And a number that I'll be honest with you was a little bit more than I expected 11. I said 9 to 11 is the number. And unless they're done here, or actually I said 9 to 10. If they're done here, I would feel somewhat smart because I was only a few off. But there's still, I mean, at least maybe one or two more receivers that could factor into this, right? Yeah, yeah, there are. So I don't know what the numbers look like. But I'm with you. We need to do a deep dive or have one of our numbers experts out there pass that information along via the text line because they've, they've got to be getting bros. close. All right, so we follow each other on Twitter now, Stoops bros. I, I, need, I need numbers, bro. You're, this is what I hear about. This is all people tell me about. And now that we're Twitter friends, I mean, I think it's just a matter of time before your third mic on the show and questions like that get answered like this. Yes, lickety-split. Um, by the way, speaking of that, I was I was not on Twitter as much as I typically am, and last night was a daddy daughter dance, so we had to hurry back home from our trip back home. Very cool. It's very, it's a very cool event. My, my, as someone who's been to a couple of these, they're always they tug at your heartstrings, right? But then you can also find out the dads who you know are just not getting out of the club a little bit. They, their moves are pretty smooth. You're like, whoa, <laughs> nice. Uh, and then there's also dads like myself and and my buddy Mark, who I uh, double dated with last night, kind of, where you're kind of standing and you're just waiting until they drag you onto the dance floor. So it was really cool. Thanks to the Washington High School junior class that put that on. Uh, home hoops game tonight. That's my part of the promotion. But, no, so I, I was following – I kind of following the game and I was DVRing it so I could watch it at home when I got home. And speaking of, like, following something through Twitter, I just quickly did a scroll – and I just saw people freaking out about the kicker, and I thought, no one's really specific on Twitter, right? In other words, if you just jump on Twitter to try to get caught up on a game, things you'll see is like, oh, what? Why? No way! And it's like, what? what? What's going on? No one ever really tells you what's going on, right? So then you got to get out of Twitter, and you got to go on the app. And I, and I pulled up the app real quick as before I started my car to drive home, and I saw... 18 to 0, Josh. 18 to 0. And in my head, I was trying to figure out how they got 18 without six field goals. <laughs> right. Or 
a, a, a touchdown and a missed extra point and a safety in there somewhere. And because and, I checked it earlier, and it was like, um, well, I think it was like, was it 12-0 at one point? I saw 12-0. I'm like, that's odd. And then when the next time I saw it, it was 18. It was like, what? What's going on here? And to see, by the way, to see that a dude missed four extra points and then, Josh, when he was back on the field for the final extra point that he actually made, ESPN missed the freaking kick. They're watching a replay of C.D. Lamb walking wide open into the end zone. He was, the, the play was so wide open that the Dalton Schultz was holding his hands up in the air as he was doing his cut as the ball was in the air. And ESPN so busy breaking down the replay that we actually missed old boy making an extra point. How, can you go on with that dude as your kicker? Can they can they do anything different right now? I mean, the, can they add anyone? They can't, can they? Free agent, right? I mean, it's not like they can go out and make a move. That'd be funny. It's like the Cowboys have just traded for Justin Tucker. What's up? But they would have to. It would have to be an unemployed kicker. Right, or on a practice squad somewhere. I'm telling you what, uh, our buddy Luke Phillips can attest to it, and I'm sure Tressway can too, and many of uh, our other kicking friends. There's probably about 500 kickers that are in game shape just waiting for an opportunity. Trust me, I saw all your videos on Twitter last night after the third missed extra point. Anything about that game surprised you like it did me? Didn't really get me juiced about Raiders quarterback Tom Brady for next year. I can't imagine it did. You. I can't imagine it did. I mean, for everyone that's like, Derek, I'm so happy Derek Carr's gone. He stinks. I mean, there's your God. <laughs> that's your guy. <laughs> that's your golden goose, Mark Davis. What are we doing right now? Now, you know what happens, Josh. In a month, whenever he's dealt or he doesn't need to be dealt because he'd be a free agent. In a, in a month or two, when he signs with the Raiders, I'm like, you know what? Tampa didn't use him right. And you notice his arm, Josh McDaniel, he'll work on that arm angle a little bit. They'll be okay. Got a young offensive line, too. So I'm sure I'll be excusing eight or 5,000 by the time that Brady ends up as a Raider. But that was – um, and you know what I'll say? I thought that was all about the Cowboys last night. I thought that was Dallas showing why Jerry Jones has been selling us on this the whole time, right? This, this team has – they got Super Bowl potential. It's also a team that just beat a squad with a losing record that somehow made the playoffs. So I'm trying to balance those two right now. Which way do you look at it? Well, I thought it was really impressive <laughs> from totally Dallas right. last night. I mean, t- Tom Brady to me, I-, I wouldn't be doing backflips trying to bring him to Vegas, but that's that's neither here nor there. I, I didn't think he was very good last night. I thought he missed some throws that – In the past, Tom Brady would obviously have made. His mobility, I think, is a legitimate question. But beyond that, Dallas, the first couple of series, man, it it didn't look like things maybe were necessarily going to go well for one Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys again. But as soon as that light switch flipped on, it didn't flip back off. And they got things rolling offensively. Prescott was phenomenal from that point forward. And as far as where I'm sitting – Absolutely, I think they can go to San Francisco and win that game. See, this is what happens. Wanted to carry over the, co- the the scheduling conversation. I've missed Josh. We haven't talked to each other. I mean, on the air since last Friday. And the next thing you know, the first segment's coming to a wrap because we had a dude miss four extra points last night, and the Cowboys still won the game comfortably. We have a conversation to be had about Tom Brady and what his next step is. 
And lo and behold, we continue kind of the roster management for Oklahoma and transfers from the portal coming in and trying to find new spots for guys that are going out. And, oh, yeah, first day of school. First day of school. I wonder, (laughs) uh, there was a certain baseball coach who said his most nerve-wracking day was the first day of school whenever started his semester, so to make sure that all of his guys were in class. It's like, okay, good, he's here, he's in class. All right, there's one. Yes, I see him sitting there, in the, good. Just to make sure. Now you're here, let's go. Let's get ready for 23. All right, quick break. Dubby got me fired up in a good way. I want to tell you what I know and what I, I think I know and a hell of a lot of what I don't. <clears throat> it's just with my mom. Heck of a lot. Uh, that I don't know about the schedule release for the Big 12. By the way, my mom calls Joe Burrow Joe Burrows. Did you get my text on this? Yeah, oh yeah. It, it drives me crazy. And I'll correct her. I'm like, Mom, it's Burrow. She's like, yeah, I know Burrows. And I'm like, no. You, no. And here's the other part. Burrow. She cannot stand him. So she talks about him incessantly. Like, they, she's like I just can't stand that Joe Burrows. I'm like, oh, Teddy. She's listening to Teddy too much. Next thing you know, she's going to be calling Dak Prescott, Dak, Dak Prescott, the <laughs> Prescott kid. All right, anyway, I'm pumped to be back. We got a lot to get to. We'll do some roster talk at the top of the hour. KJ is out today. She'll be with us tomorrow because Women's Gym is traveling back from a big win on the road in Baton Rouge. Plus, we got a lot of hoops to talk about and some some big news potentially beyond just the games in the NFL and the coaching cycle next right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. Did you have a good weekend, by the way? Did you – bowling didn't go so well for the, the Plank Show crew <laughs> on, on Saturday night? You know what? It was a great time. Uh-huh. It's fun to see everybody get competitive and really just to have everyone together in, in general. And that's, you know, no small undertaking. Obviously, because for- I wasn't there. <laughs> For Casey and Brian Vineyard, so appreciate them putting that together. But no, yeah, I had ninety nine went into the ninety eight went into the final frame and uh, had one pin that I hit and then uh, went ahead and guttered it. So it was uh, frustrating as I finished at ninety nine, which oh by the way was second place on my team. Oh no, and does not bode well for our team score. What a Teddy Bowl! Uh, less than that, it was the worst I've ever seen him bowl. What? Yeah. Teddy, sit the lanes, bro. One more trip to Manhattan. Bowling alley's right next to the uh, hotel. We'll just spend the night there getting it right. Just rolling all night long. Burning heaters. No, I'm just kidding. That doesn't happen. Bowling alleys anymore. Well, good. I'm glad everyone had a good time. No one, when they got there, handed their bowling ball in, a la Rudy. No one no one put their, their ref shirt down, a la Rudy, to say I'm not playing unless Plank's there. Didn't happen. <laughs> I... I- not not when I arrived. Huh. Huh. <laughs> if it happened, it happened earlier. So, we got a lot to get to on the show today. Uh, last night, Cowboys dominated. We got post-game audio and all kinds of fun from the from the game last night to get you the future of Tom Brady is very much in flux. And we've been kind of keeping tabs on the official update for what the, what the Sooners roster is looking like with portal additions. And, you know, now, 
we'll get to that in a bit because I want to, with school started, how much can, still, will, won't change. I mean, what's remember, I think we went through this last year with Caleb Williams, right, Josh? And we found out, eh, you know, you can, you can still get him enrolled even though classes have started in that second semester. Not going to pretend to understand the rules on that because it's always kind of been different and evolving at different schools. You usually could find a way if suddenly, oh, I don't know, it, the biggest name in the portal, I can't even think off the top of my head who that might be right now, knocks on your door and says, I want to come here. You're like, okay, we'll find a way if it's your target. So we'll, we got roster conversations and construction coming up at 10 a.m. What's your best answer, Josh, as we roll on here on the Plank Show as to why we don't have a Big 12 schedule yet? What's your best guess? I don't know. My, my best guess is that for the longest time, Brett Yormark and the Big 12 were not convinced that either Oklahoma or Texas were going to be playing in this conference in the 2023 football season. So that's the the best guess I can give you. Why we're sitting here January 17th and we still don't have a schedule and it's pretty obvious or it feels like it's pretty obvious that both Oklahoma and Texas will be around next season, that, my friend, is a mystery. Right. 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 Okay, here's some things I know. I when when I when I say I know that have been communicated to me. There hasn't and there still isn't a firm date. And I know the UCF AD got a little over his skis and everyone's like it's going to be Tuesday when it comes out. That that's not tr- well. Obviously, that's not true because it's Tuesday and the Big Twelve schedule isn't coming out. But they're not set. They're not ready. Whenever they say February, Josh, this thing could be later. So it is my understanding that as we sit here on oh gosh, where's my phone? On the seventeenth day of January, year of our Lord twenty twenty three, at nine twenty five a.m. This isn't something that the Big 12 has and they're sitting on. This is something right now that the Big 12 doesn't have. And I don't know why. Here's some guesses. Now, I brought up earlier maybe sending some teams to a place for the second straight season. And I mistakenly mentioned Oklahoma. I don't know why in my head for some reason I mentioned Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. I'm in Oklahoma, TCU. Um, Texas Tech, Texas. Things of that nature would be interesting to see if that's among this conversation. The The bigger thing, the bigger thing, do schools, this is where Gabe and I have gone back and forth, and you tell me how you feel. Do schools look at it as a reward to get a chance to play OU in Texas in their final year? In other words, if you're BYU in Cincinnati, you know, there's still so much that is crowd-built and crowd-based, right? Still so much that's attendance. Are you fighting to play them so you could pack your place, or do you not want anything to do with it? Because Gabe's take's always been to me, you find the easiest path possible. And your easiest path, if you're in the Big 12, is not to play the most talented teams. Now, I've countered that and said, in my mind, I still think you want the big home crowd, right? Um, if you're, I mean, if you're TCU, do you, don't you want Texas coming to Fort Worth? If you're Texas Tech, I mean, don't you want Texas coming back? If you're Houston, by God, you want Texas coming down there to play. I would think, 
or am I wrong on that front? If you're, you know, Oklahoma does incredible. If you're Oklahoma State, don't you want Oklahoma coming there for one final bedlam? You know, TJ had said what, some of the buzz out there is that they might not play bedlam this coming season. I don't know, but am I wrong in thinking that you would want both of those schools, especially if you're a, a lifelong member of the Big 12, you don't want to lose that opportunity for one more home game with them, right? I no, I, I wouldn't. I mean, for everybody not named Oklahoma State, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so. And maybe, maybe even Oklahoma State doesn't want to lose that final home game versus uh, Oklahoma for Bedlam. The other schools, honestly, you're probably fired up to host just about everybody. Sure. In this uh, new look Big Twelve, I mean, for anybody, any of the the four new schools joining, this is a massive step up so all of it's exciting but having said that given that you probably get one trip around the merry-go-round here with Oklahoma or Texas yes absolutely it's it's easy to hypothesize a scenario where each of those four are fighting to get a home game with both Oklahoma and Texas again I don't I don't know how the Big 12 is viewing this too because, I mean, again, I don't know what contractually it looks like, but is there? Are they in this to try to just basically hose, for lack of a more professional term, Oklahoma and Texas as much as possible? In other words, you guys are going. We ain't doing you no favors. Like, hey, well, we always play, you know, OU Texas this weekend. Do you? Hmm. We'll see about that. I mean. Like, is it contentious in that nature in trying to put this together? And then, you know, I liked what Toby said. I liked what Toby said. You would think that of the four teams that are coming in, Houston, UCF, BYU, and Cincinnati, you would think that all four want a chance to host. You would think that, right? But if you only get two, all right, two of the four get to host – all, all of you are going to play OU Texas, right? If that's just the way you're going at it, well, then you're taking those four teams out of the mix for maybe some other traditional rivals. So I guess my question is, or at least my assumption is, I would think those four traditionals would be, I mean, wouldn't they be fighting to want to play them again since it would be one final time? Or would they say, no, no, that's fine. They can go. Don't want them on my schedule. Go ahead. I kind of like the Teddy's theory on Oklahoma State, or at least one that's been out there quite a bit. That that That's where I'm torn on this. Are you thinking my easiest possible path, my way to get dubs is to not have to worry about playing two teams with arguably the most talent in the league? I mean, look at the, the recruiting classes would tell you that over the last five years. So are you saying, I don't want anything to do with them, or are you saying, hey, that we have that home game. That's a big deal for us. Right. Yeah. I, I, that's where I'm confused, and that's where I'm torn on this whole conversation. I would imagine it's a lot of the latter. Or just in general, even even if it wasn't slated to be flip-flopping to a home game for you, well, hey, why does BYU or Cincinnati or UCF or Houston, why are they getting the home game versus Oklahoma or Texas? Why, why aren't we getting said home game? So there could be some of that, yes, absolutely going on. Huh. We're sitting here at a time when, 
You know, there's no deadline. There's no season approaching. But I would also imagine that TV networks are getting to the point where they're like, hey, we need to know what your schedule is going to look like. And then also in that, you know, Josh, how much of a say might they have in that schedule? Hey, we're, we're floating your boat. We, we took care of you. And we're allowing this situation to happen where Oklahoma and Texas are going to leave early. And that's, that's a major ding for us here at, at Fox. ESPN's like, ah, we still get OU in Texas. Fox won't. So is this, is this a TV network that's saying, we don't want that game. We want this game. Right, and, and by I'm not saying they're picking games yet. I just mean, as far as a matchup. Listen, we don't we don't want you to have Oklahoma playing Cincinnati. We want Bedlam. We want a Bedlam matchup. Like, I don't know, but I have to imagine, Josh. These are the. There's no way that they're delaying this just so they can try to be the last one and also try to put on some sort of show, and then to spend a bunch of. Ladies and gentlemen, here to introduce the Big Twelve schedule. My good friend. I mean, I, I, Master P. I don't know. Here's Luka Doncic. I mean, are, are we trying to make this rock star-ish and a big release party? Which is fine, but it just kind of seems like a ridiculous reason to wait this long to, to drag this thing out. Yeah, I mean, it feels like we're right at the end of the road here to where eventually, pretty soon, they have to announce this thing. Is there... You said there's not a firm date. Is there any time that TV partners need to know to That's set That's a question the I'm asking today. You know what? In fact, um, in fact, when we – I've reached out to the Fox guy, the former – I think it's like but Bob Thompson is his name on Twitter. Uh, he's become pretty popular on Twitter, and, and he answers and asks a bunch of questions. I'd reached, I'll reach out to him. I'd reached out a couple weeks ago about something, and he answered pretty quick. I'll ask him if there's a firm deadline. And maybe for someone that he's answered it in his timeline, we got a show to do today, so maybe I'll dive through it tonight. But it's a great question. You would think it's coming close. All right, 933. Look at us. We hit the two topics I wanted to in the first two segments. So let's get caught up with the best of the Air Comfort Solutions text line when we come back, 405 651 uh, we'll do our roster update and our ins and outs of the portal and where players have ended up coming up at 10 a.m. plus the top five stories of the day at 11 right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Best thing I missed on the show yesterday, Josh, what was it? One big, one big thing. One big thing that I missed yesterday from the show. Good question. Probably, uh, probably just discussing the Walter Rouse flip. I'm trying to think uh... – yeah, I don't know that there was anything earth-shattering. How how did that go down? Because I know my Nebraska friends were shocked. Yeah. Uh, well, how it went down is kind of feels like Brent Venables came in and made the – I don't want to say Oklahoma came in with this godfather offer, but kind of sounds like they came back in and, and, and wowed him, right? And I thought if you go through Plank and pull up Walter Rouse's social media announcement or just any of the stories that – have written on him flipping his commitment and read the quote that he put out, doesn't it read like Brent Venables was heavily, heavily involved? I mean, he's referring to it as want to be a part of the 129th team. I mean, it's like it's uh, tailor-made that Venables said, nah, you're, you need to come be at Oklahoma. And guess what? Oklahoma won that. 
So can I add one more quick little angle slash question to that? Do you – does anyone look at it and say, "Got our in, we've got our NIL stuff together now at OU? Absolutely. You have to, no doubt. With the uh, Crimson and Cream Collective news that dropped on Friday, I don't know mm-hmm. if you saw that. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. That was big. That was right after we got off the air, of course. And Yeah, go figure. So that combined with this news and just the overall success in the portal, I mean – you know, Rouse alone you look at, and it's a, a flip from Nebraska, but this has not just been, hey, every single one of these 12 names was lock it up, throw away the key to Oklahoma. I mean, there's been some serious battles in these 12, and guess what? You don't win all all dozen of these without, I think, yeah, connecting those dots that clearly something's going right there. Yeah, something's going right. And And if you missed that news on Friday – the Crimson and Cream Collective now is in a situation that they're able to ensure a payment to every single Oklahoma Center. If you're on the roster and they'll have certain guys who become, and, and it looks like endorsers of it, I, I saw Dylan Gabriel among a couple of others, it was, you're going to lose battles in NIL, right? When, when we're talking about a situation, have you followed this story out of Florida? I mean, it's ridiculous. This kid, uh, I don't want to get bogged down, but essentially the check didn't clear in in the simplest way to put it. And you got three collectives that are basically fighting with each other. And now the kid is basically going to end up going to another school most likely after he had signed and enrolled. Unreal. But Oklahoma seems like that maybe he's taking some time. Maybe you didn't have the outlandish numbers that are being thrown out there, but credit again. Joe Castiglione, the Toby Baldwins of the world that realized we can do something with this. The uh, football, softball, baseball, all the sports coming together. I mean, it's a big freaking deal whenever you can have things aligned like this appears to be now. Now, there's still some loose ends to tie, and there'll still be other, I guess you could say, things to hammer out. But that seemed to be a very positive step in the right direction. I hate it that I missed it. Uh, Toby Rowland is reporting, according to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. This is a T-Row in the morning report that the deadline for TV is mid-February. So mid-February for TV when we're talking about the Big 12 schedule. Jax, that would make sense, right? I mean, you're getting you're getting close to the time where not a lot of people plan like I do, which is it's it's Tuesday, what am I doing on Friday? Sometimes you have to be planned out very much in the future. The future. And that would seem like a viable deadline, right? Well, if it's TV-related, then obviously that's contractual, too. So there's – I can't imagine – yeah, you're adding four schools and, and that changes things, but I don't think there's probably a ton of wiggle room on that. Sooner Todd writes, maybe they're just kicking us out and we start the SEC next year. Yeah, I've told – I don't I, think I wouldn't that's be I wouldn't be so uh optimistic on that front. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. I will say there was a there was a time and I think we talked about this as early as last month where it was my understanding through some people I talked to at one of my other gigs that the the SEC had a schedule ready to go if it happened. That if if something went down there was a you know almost like just a the placeholder they could drop in and it would be ready to go now I don't know it seemed to be it was from one of their media partners but I would assume by this point 
any thought that something was happening this coming season is DOA. Um, and the fact that it would be potentially next year would be more DOBA. See what I did there? So, I, I again, I and we even had these conversations about, hey, with TCU success, if I'm the Big 12, am I maybe trying to push out a little bit quicker? But then, of course, after what happened in the, na- in the national championship, you might be like, you know what? Why don't you guys stay? Why don't you guys hang out here for another year? <laughs> We're okay with people talking about you for another year. Whatever can make sure they forget about uh, sixty-three to seven. Or wait, is that even right? Was it was it sixty-five to seven? Sixty-five seven. Thank you. I, I knew I was close. <laughs> yeah, stick around for another year. But yeah, I don't think that's happening. Um, from the nine one eight, as we roll through some Air Comfort Solutions text line: seven teams, seven south, seven north. Teams play each other south and north. North champ plays south champ to play for overall conference title. Easy, go figure. Well, they're not doing divisions, though. I mean, that's that's one conversation that if you're talking about a one-year thing, I don't necessarily know if they're going to uproot it all, you know, like we had to, you know, three years ago when suddenly you had to uproot everything with COVID. And, and next thing you know, Notre Dame's in a division, and we're only playing conference schedules. Obviously, this is a much, much, much different, happier, safer scenario. But, yeah, Josh, I don't see for a year suddenly going back to divisions. And – then how do you decide north and south without somebody getting their feelers hurt? Well, what, what, what are we doing up here? Why would we be up here? Why would we be down there so we can still play X, Y, and Z teams? So it's, it's a really tough spot. It, here was a fair question, I thought, on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, Josh. This is from Jim in Arlington. Jim writes, this new commissioner who is from the entertainment world has no college football experience. Probably has no clue how to schedule a Power 5 football conference. Now, I would say that he has many, many people in his corner that are helping him better understand that process, right? I mean, he's just not going, I got this, when you've never done it before. But I would also imagine that he's he's having to do a sales job on some people, right? Hey, for the good of this conference... I mean, let's see, we went to Iowa State last year. For the good of this conference, Kansas State, you know, Oklahoma's not coming there this year because we're going to send them to Cincinnati. But, A, it gives you an easier path. You don't have to play the team that's most talented. B, you're going to get great crowds if you win anyway. And, C, it helps solidify the conference going forward. I I, I mean, I would assume, right, those are – fairly difficult conversations to have, I would think. Someone would look at me and say, you're crazy. Chris Kleiman would be like, heck yeah, get him out of here. I won't play him. <laughs> I don't want to deal with that. I know I've been the OU killer, but listen, I don't want to deal with those guys. And then I wonder, Josh, too, if maybe sometimes in these situations you talk to too many people, right, where, where suddenly you've got so many voices in your head telling you how it should be done or what should be due. What should be due? What should be done, I don't know. Maybe there's too many cooks in the kitchen on this one. And the awful thing is, I don't think we're ever going to have an answer (laughs) to any of this, right? We'll get a schedule, but we'll never know probably what the holdup was. And then we'll, we'll, we'll go to break on this one and think about it. What if the Big 12 does miss the deadline, which is contractual? 
Does that mean OU and Texas could leave without having to pay their buyouts? The Big 12 babies are just showing their true colors. Nick, no. I mean, getting getting a schedule out to TV doesn't have anything to do with Oklahoma and Texas's grant of rights, I don't think. But it's if you miss when TV says, hey, we need this if mid-February is February 15th, we need this by the 15th. You know, I don't think that this would be a situation where you're sending an email to your professor at midnight on the 14th. You're like, uh, Fox, my aunt is really sick. You know, I, I don't think the, these right. are the type of situations where you're pushing that deadline. I would think, Josh, there would be a lot of conversations to where they know why it's being delayed and either they understand it or they say, hey, make a decision by this date. Mm-hmm. And just the simple – fact that the Big 12 was additive probably again I don't know that there's a ton of wiggle room there but probably the TV partners are going to be more flexible than hey the contract says it needs to be done right here right right now right right okay it's the plank show hour one's brought to you as always by Van Hoos Fence vhfence.com good start on the text line when we come back Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas have done that thing to me that Teddy and Tyler are very good at doing. And we'll explain it next right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into The Plank Show. It is a Tuesday edition. I'm sure I'll screw up the week most of the days here. Josh, uh, as a regular listener to this radio station, I'll admit uh, I'm usually overridden in the afternoon sometimes by my daughters. And I don't get to, uh, to listen to Teddy and Tyler live as much as I want to. So yesterday I had a couple of responsibilities to take care of. And so I was listening to them talk about the Cowboys and Buccaneers game. So, number one, I want to thank Teddy for me watching Dak Prescott all night and just hearing you call him Dak Prescott, the Prescott kid in my head. That was number one. In which I curse thee. But here was number two. The the boys in the afternoon played this yesterday. And Josh, you did not give me a fair warning about this. I don't know how I missed this. But would you say this was the start of cringe tour 22 for Russell Wilson? Oh, yeah. And this, this dates back earlier than this year. This really? Is, oh, yeah. This is not from this year. This is when Russ was in Seattle. Oh, my gosh. All right, p- p- play a little bit of it. Just play a little bit of it. We'll see how far we can get. Hey, guys. Uh, Russell here. Yes, the typical boring, yes, Russell, the robot Russell, the one you guys love to know. I'm real, real exciting. You know, I'm real exciting. Um, but anyways, uh, everybody has to have an alter ego, right? And, and I've been thinking about what my alter ego would be, and I, I, I think I have an alter ego. His name his name's Mr. 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 Unlimited. Yeah, you got to be unlimited. You know, you got to have a thought process of being unlimited. So when people All ask right, so you, I can't do it. I can't know, do it. What you're can't thinking do about? I can't do it. I can't How did I miss that? How have I never heard So you're telling me that was the beginning of the end for one Mr. Unlimited. <laughs> yeah, I I need to do some digging for you and figure out when exactly this was released, but it's been out there a minute. And that has been uh, that's been when we knew that Mister huh. Unlimited was a huh. little bit of uh, little little Mister little Mister Corny. All right. Well, I just 
it's uncomfortable, isn't it? It's no, like, it's 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 horrible. It's terrible. <laughs> the video, by the way, makes it a million times worse. Really? Yeah, him leaning back, Mister Unlimited. Damn He's walking it. around his estate. Oh my gosh, that is so hard to listen to. So, thank you, Teddy. Thank you, Tyler. Um, I- I'm very grateful that you know his I- name. His name's Mister 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 Unlimited. <laughs> It's so painful. Like, who's is he? Is he taping that himself? <laughs> yes. Like, who's taping that and saying, "Nailed it, bro." <laughs> I, I I don't know what possessed him to create an alter ego. Why he put that video on the interwebs? I don't know. He clearly needs some sort of like PR representation. I guess so. I guess so, Mister 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 Unlimited. So thank you, Teddy. Thank you, Tyler. Absolutely ruined my day. All right, when we come back, let's do a little roster work, okay? We've added another portal entry. Some have said, oh, this dude, the, the tight end from Texas A&M. Well, quite the tight end room now, right? Um, and by the way, speaking of the tight end room, I know Daniel Parker is gone, but, boy, quite the weekend for the, uh, the, the fight to clear Daniel Parker's name, wasn't it? That was some strong stuff from his attorney and to see his teammates step up for him over the weekend too. I'll tell you what, when that story first broke, there wasn't a lot of, how do I say, positive vibes around one Daniel Parker. And then lo and behold, positive vibes everywhere over the weekend. But let's talk about the roster for the Sooners, who's in, who's out. And what might be next? As classes start today at OU, that's where we are with the Plank Show on the Ref.